0: Once again, my name is Joe Crummy, one of the elders here at the Meeting Place Church, and I'm going to be speaking this morning, and uh, great to have you here with us, and as Ann already mentioned, I know we have several guests here with us, so we want to welcome you, and uh, it's great to have you with us, and I know we have some people here. We had uh, a great couple of our church married yesterday, so Josh and Caitlin were married yesterday, so that was a great <laughs> celebration. So that was really wonderful and great to see God putting people together like that, and what we're going to do this morning, we're going to continue in the book of Acts, and we're picking up the story after Jesus has returned to heaven, and he sent his Holy Spirit to his followers, and we see in these early days, uh, the early church, as we call it, um, following Jesus and seeing what, what they believed, how they acted, all those incredible things. In the last two weeks, we've seen from Acts chapter 3 and chapter 4, we saw a miracle take place, and we saw Peter and John pray for the lame man. And you remember he was praising and leaping and uh, just enjoying God as he was healed. And then people were wondering like, what in the world just happened? And they thought maybe Peter and John were, you know, like some sorcerers or had some special power or magic or something. And they explained to the people, Jesus. And they said, Jesus, who lived here that you saw, who you crucified, God, by his power, raised him from the dead, he's ascended back into heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit, and now we're called to tell people to turn to Jesus. And that's, that was basically the message. And so, this is where we pick up the story, and today we're going to talk about giving over the next two weeks, and you'll see as we get into Acts chapter 5 next week, a really important topic, and I think it's really important that we set up sort of, in a sense, the context forgiving. Because sometimes giving, when we talk about finances, it, you know, sometimes we kind of it kind of comes out of, you know, a bit of surprise and it's kind of a shock and people are like, are we even allowed to talk about giving? Because you know what the two things you're not allowed to talk about are, okay? Politics and money, okay? But if you look at Jesus, Jesus talked about money a lot. Okay, Jesus talked about money a lot. And next week we're going to get a bit more into um, the heart issues of things, because we tackle the tough one next week, Acts chapter 5, if you want to read ahead. I'm still trying to hand that one off to somebody else to speak on, but um, no one else has volunteered for it yet. All these young guys want to speak, and then it's like, hey, you can take Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, and I haven't got any volunteers yet. Whew. So we'll look at that one next week. But uh, So we'll look more at some of the heart issues next week, but this week we want to set the context that if you don't understand the context of giving and talking about money, from a Christian perspective, then, you know, it can, be, it can be sort of an abrasive thing. And so we're going to be bold this morning, and we're going to be like Jesus, and we're going to talk about money, and it's probably going to provoke, uh, with Jesus in his day, a response. Either you're going to give more, or you're going to be really angry, okay? Those seem to be the two responses that Jesus got, so we know that going in. So let's pick it up, um, Acts chapter 4, and as we said, the context is, Peter and John, the man healed. They were put into prison. So they're persecuted right away for proclaiming Jesus. And they get before the leaders and they say, you know, Jesus is the way. We got to obey Jesus. And this is where we pick it up um, in verse 23. It says, when they were released, that's Peter and John, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, incredible scriptures i mean just as we're singing you know you reign that's just an incredible uh picture we're going to come back and now lord look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant jesus and when they had prayed the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and continued to speak the word of god with boldness yeah all right what else took place This took place. This is the context of giving. You have to read the first part to get to this part. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. I love that. And great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it, all, laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, we heard Chris McLean speak about that back in February, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So I hope you get a big picture, a context of when we talk about giving, when we talk about money, you have to understand it, sometimes we compartmentalize and we, we just talk about money, kind of hush-hush, separate from the rest of our lives. Actually, it's all together. And that's what we're going to take a look at. And that prayer that we prayed, or that was prayed, we're going to come back to that in a couple weeks' time, because that's a whole couple messages on their own. So that's an incredible model prayer. So don't forget that. That's the context of what we're speaking into, but we're going to come back to that. And we're going to focus sort of more on this last little bit. And today we're going to talk about giving, and we've got three things we're going to talk about. And the first one we're going to talk about is, really, giving is about kingdom life. And what do we mean by that? Well, actually, man, a lot of this stuff is not going to make sense until you realize this is coming from a Christian perspective. Okay, And we as Christians, sometimes we talk about living in an upside-down kingdom, that most of what Jesus talked about in that it absolutely does not make any sense so it's a real challenge to us so jesus talked about praying for your enemies he talked about loving your enemies jesus talked about forgiveness things that don't come natural to us and his whole thing with money goes along with that and we have to receipt we have to understand that giving starts with understanding this that jesus is Lord. So when we become a Christian, we've been singing about it this morning. We just talked about it again. At Easter, we talk about it probably every Sunday. We always come to Jesus. And why did Jesus come to earth? We had a debt that needed to be paid, and Jesus was sent. And we are separated from God because of our sin. And Jesus came, and we call him our Savior. He saves us from ourselves. He saves us from sin. He saves us from death spiritually. He saves us from hell all these incredible things that Jesus saves us, he is our savior, our redeemer, but he's also Lord. And when we say that Jesus is Lord, we're saying that Jesus, if you think of it, sort of, you know, the kingdom of God's talked about in a lot of different ways. One of the ways is it's like a nation where Jesus is king. It's a kingdom and Jesus is king. And if Jesus is king, then guess what? We're his subjects. We're his loyal followers. Okay? We're his citizens, That's a big perspective, and it was already shared during worship, okay? I want to do it myself. And the biggest challenge, especially in our North American worldview of materialism and me, 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 is this. When you become a Christian, Jesus is king, he is Lord, therefore everything in his kingdom belongs to him. So it's a really different perspective, a really, really different perspective, and that's the starting point. We can't talk about giving until you understand the context that actually Jesus is Lord. He's our master. He's our king. Okay? He's our CEO. He's our prime minister. He's our president. Whatever phrase helps you understand that. He's our master. Now, he's more than that. Okay? So don't, just saying, he's in a family. He's our elder brother. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that Jesus is described. So it's not just sort of a work servant relationship but that's part of it is that jesus is lord and we have to realize when we become a christian there's so many new things that happen and christina read that out didn't she about how we're redeemed he makes all things new and when you become a christian a lot of new things happen you get a new identity okay you're now a child of god you get a new spirit within you Okay, you get a new heart within you you get a new perspective because now you're part of a new family Okay? You have a new father. You have a new boss. Okay, You've got a new purpose in life. You've got a whole new way of living. And you have to understand you have a new king, that Jesus is Lord. So sin, the root of it, it's our independence from God. Okay? And Jesus sets us free from that root of independence. And now he is the vine, we are the branches. We're in Christ. We're rooted in Christ. Christ. We're not a free agent any longer. That's the starting point of understanding giving. Jesus is Lord. Next thing is that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And Gary talked about this last week. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God does several things in our lives. Okay? He's the Spirit of truth. He reveals truth to us. So before, I mean, how many times I've said it, we've talked to so many people. When you're not a Christian, you read the Bible, maybe you come to an Alpha course, and you're just like, it just doesn't make sense. And and then all of a sudden you become a Christian, and you take the same Alpha course again, and you're like, I can't believe I didn't see it the first time. Well, we have now the Holy Spirit, who's like the light bulb, who illuminates and reveals things that we couldn't in our own way figure things out. Okay? The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. He reveals truth. He reveals things. Gary said last week, he reminds us of the words of Jesus. So many times you're reading the Bible, you think sometimes this is why it's so faithful just to read the words. Sometimes you don't even know what you're putting in there, okay? And all of a sudden, you're in a situation the Holy Spirit reminds you of a verse. You're like, I don't even remember memorizing that. And the Holy Spirit brings it to mind. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Okay? He reminds us of the character of God. He reminds us of the things of Jesus. When we're spirit-filled, he also brings a unity They were in one heart, one soul. We realize, you know what? I'm not independent. I now have a family. Not just my physical blood family, but I've got family. I've got brothers and sisters in Christ that all of a sudden, I am my brother's keeper. And actually, we're redeemed. And the Holy Spirit reminds us that actually in the early days with Adam and Eve, what did God do? He created Adam and Eve. It's good. And he made them stewards of creation. I want you to rule over creation sin destroyed that satan took it over but what does jesus do in christ he redeems it that we become stewards again don't we of his kingdom do you see how it's connected right to creation that now we're put in a sense in charge we get to partner the way it originally was and there's a unity that comes from the holy spirit that affects our sense of giving and folks this is the most challenging thing in north america You got to hear me, okay? This is one of the most challenging things, is this, is we build our houses, we put our fence around us, we put in our security system, we like to have things private, mine, I have control. So really, it's kind of an offensive thing to read about the early church, because you realize we kind of fall short, don't we? I know I certainly do. They had everything in common. You're thinking like, man, we're, we're far from that. So it's quite a rebuke, isn't it, when you read these. And you say, God, I need to remember Jesus is Lord, that you know what? It all belongs to him. It's from him. I'm just a steward of it. Holy Spirit, I need you to bring unity in my heart to know my brothers and sisters, Okay, that I just can't hoard things. You want me to give generously. Now, here's the thing that I think we're missing that would maybe provoke us more is if we were persecuted more. (laughs) I better not say that too loud, eh? We usually don't pray for persecution. However, persecution does this in a hurry. It reveals our loyalty. It reveals our loyalty. So right away, the followers of Jesus were persecuted and right away, they had some decisions to make and Christians around the world who are being persecuted, it draws a line in the sand pretty quick about who you're going to be loyal to. And so I predict a day is coming when, we'll get into this jumping ahead a bit, but I do believe there'll be a day coming when we give to a church. You won't get the tax receipt for giving to a church. Okay? And that's going to test our loyalty. Okay? And some churches, I remember the Kaisers in Ontario, the church they went to, I believe they set up their church because they felt they were restricted within what CRA, Canadian Revenue, allowed them to give and all that, that they went outside of that. So people gave without getting the tax receipt. Okay, that's just one example. Might seem like a minor thing, but that's one example. It reveals where your loyalty is. And I think more and more as we go on, to be honest, folks, we're going to be persecuted. You know what? I think it's going to be a blessing in disguise sometimes. I think it's going to force us to rely on each other a lot more. Okay? And it's going to force us to realize, okay, am I really serious about my life being all for Jesus? This is kingdom life, folks. You're in a new kingdom. We're in a new kingdom. If you're a Christian, you're in a new kingdom. You've got a new king, You've got a new identity, new purpose. You're no longer independent on your own. Okay? We're not the boss of me. Okay? We're now Jesus, your Lord. I can't do it on my own. Everything. I mean, we're foolish to think that we're the self-made man, that everything I have is because of me. I mean, it, that's foolishness to begin with. It all belongs to God. Okay? And we're stewards of it. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We think differently. Okay, well, now we have the mind of Christ. And we're going to look at this next week. Jesus, who was rich, became poor, so that we might become rich. Okay, the Holy Spirit brings those verses to mind. You think, okay, I have got to think through. What does that mean for me? And persecution does this. It shows what we really believe. Who are we loyal to? Okay. that's the kingdom life, folks. And with a kingdom life, you get a kingdom mindset. So let's do a little study, okay, on giving. And we're going to go back a little bit and we're going to look at the tithe or the tenth. We're going to look at Old Testament, New Testament today just briefly. So this won't be an exhaustive thing. But again, I'm just trying to give some background for what, how we and why we do what we do today. So you might have heard of um, this phrase, the tithe, which isn't that um, popular or known in our day, but maybe you, you can understand a tenth. And basically in the Old Testament... Uh, as God set up, you heard of the Ten Commandments, God set up a whole system with the nation of Israel of how they were to be separate from other countries. And he, he set up this whole, both you know, a religious system, for lack of a better term, but also a whole p- political civil system and a whole moral system that made the nation of Israel different from everyone else. And they had some strange things, if you read through the Old Testament, about what they were supposed to do. And one of them was, and I'm just going to read it quickly, from leviticus which i know you all have memorized because i ask you that all the time when i read from leviticus it's a great book okay a little bit hard to understand sometimes but there's a lot in there and we read this a tithe or a tenth of everything from the land whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the lord it is holy to the lord Ooh, isn't that interesting if a man redeems any of his tithe he must add a fifth of the value to it the entire tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. He must not pick out the good from the bad or make any substitution. Okay? If he does make a substitution, both the animal and substitute become holy and cannot be redeemed. And these are the commands the Lord gave Moses on Mount Sinai for the Israelites. And it's in there in Deuteronomy as well. Basically, God said, you give a tenth and you give it to me. And you've got to remember again that there's a whole different setup. They had... Twelve tribes, one tribe. It's interesting, Barnabas is a Levi, uh, Levite, eh? tribe of Levi, the Levites were the priests. So they were set apart to serve God. They didn't own any land. They didn't own any property. And some of the things that came in helped provide for the Levites. God had it all. He had a whole thing about, this is how you help the poor. There should be no needy among you. So if you, if you know your Old Testament, what we just read in Acts, just is almost word for word from Old Testament, how God had set it up in the nation of Israel. And most of the time, the Israelites didn't follow what was asked. And we see in Malachi, one of the verses that gets quoted the most about the tithe, Malachi 3.10, God says this, Bring the whole tithe, bring the tenth into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. One of the only places, God says, you can test them. says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will, have, you will not have room enough for it. So, folks, giving is a big deal to God. Okay, and that's Old Testament—a tent, a tithe of everything that comes in—grain, food, you know, all those things, herds, cattle, sheep, everything. Now we go to the New Testament, and an interesting thing happens. Okay, the tithe doesn't get mentioned really at all. Now here's where you got to make some decisions. Okay, some people interpret it this way: New Covenant, new life. The tithe is done away with. I don't have to give 10% anymore. Hallelujah. We're free. Thank you for not saying amen to that, okay? That's one interpretation. I heard a few people mouth it, but I'm going to point you out, okay? So that's one perspective. You know what? It doesn't say to keep tithing. You know, a lot of the things that were in Leviticus, we don't do anymore. So I kind of got thrown out with that and we're free and it doesn't apply anymore. So that's kind of one maybe extreme, okay? The other extreme is, well, it doesn't say to stop giving a tenth as well. And so some people are like, it doesn't say not to, so we're just going to keep going on, okay? So what do we do? And I think you'll see from the New Testament as well, as we just read, and this applies to today, I think they went way above and beyond the tithe. I think they had a different perspective that actually 100% of what I have belongs to God. And actually, God in his goodness lets me keep a bit. <laughs> Again, it's a whole different perspective, isn't it? Folks, we gotta, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, we have to let his words, his kingdom permeate us, so that we make changes in our mindset. That's why our mindset is so key. It all belongs to God. And today, my personal belief, and this is my personal belief, so some less you have to figure out, I'm gonna give you some guidelines. And you have to wrestle it out with God from what you believe and feel convicted from the word of God, what your conscience allows you to do because we're going to see in a minute, it's not under compulsion, okay? You've got to be settled and then you've got to have faith for this. For myself, I believe the 10th is just the starting point. Okay, I need, I need some guidelines, okay? I don't trust myself sometimes. So I like a stake in the ground and for me, I start with 10% and I try to give above and beyond, and I'm going to come back, okay, in a couple of minutes. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll just tell you what we do. I'm going to break all the rules in divinity school. They say don't share all your personal things, skip it. We're going to share, okay, what we're going to do. So I'll get back to that in a couple of minutes. Offerings. So the tithe is like your regular giving, okay? Now I'm just going to use the word tithe, but you understand what I mean. I'm trying to make it separate from your offerings. So there's your regular, consistent giving. And then we see all the way through the Old Testament, there's all these offerings they do different times of the year. Okay, there's grain offerings, and there's different offerings that went above and beyond the regular giving. And most of the time it was a celebration. We totally missed out on this in our day and in our time. It was a celebration. And we're going to get to, because you can't outgive God. Okay? It's an overflow. Okay? God blesses us. And out of our regular giving, which is consistent, and a lot of times it's sacrificial, so don't get me wrong, we'll come back to some of the practical things. I'm not living in the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. I understand we've got some real life issues we've got to deal with, but offerings are above and beyond our regular giving. It's the overflow. So sometimes God provides extra money, well then we have more money to give away, Sometimes we've got to save up and say, well, here's my regular giving." I know gift day is coming up. We're going to save up. We're not going to do this, and we're going to give in offerings. Sometimes we give to things outside of our church. A lot of the times we give in secret, right? We help other people out. And no one even knows we're doing. We don't know what the left hand from the right hand is doing. Folks, it's supernatural. Okay? Jesus said this, and this is where it's an upside-down kingdom. Jesus said, give and it. it will be given to you. A good measure. pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Luke six, Luke 6, 38. That's amazing. The question is, do we really believe that? Okay? It's a supernatural component. There's something about giving that's supernatural. And I'll tell you what, it's fun. It is hilarious. It is a joy. If you catch this, okay, I'm telling you, there's nothing hardly better on planet Earth, okay, When you give and you see people maybe surprised, maybe you're an answer to their prayer and you give and you see tears sometimes come and sometimes they don't even know who it came from. And you get caught up in that. Oh, it is fun. It is hilarious to see what God does. Okay? And it's hilarious to see how God blesses you. And I shared with the guys last year at our men's weekend a lot of stories just from our own life stuff you would not believe that we've given away it's a sacrifice and at the time i mean again you don't do it to receive but god you can't get away from it god says give and it'll be given to you so even when you're trying like, god i don't know if i have the right motives because giving us away and i'm kind of expecting that maybe you're going to bless me back but i don't want to do it just for that and you, so you kind of work through all that and you give and then god still blesses you and you say well god you're true to your word aren't you right down to the penny and i'm telling guys you know we've given away this money and we you know, we've gotten gifts from England. When you do all the exchange, it comes up to the exact amount we've given away. I mean, we've got story after story after story. And again, I say that not to be prideful, I'm giving glory to God. We've tested, we've seen. God is faithful. And I'm so confident in giving and it's fun. Folks, it's fun to give. And if you want to be countercultural, give and do it with joy. It's hilarious. Giving in Canada, okay? I always come across this, so I'm just going to mention it. This is really the nuts and bolts of things. <laughs> Giving in Canada, 2011. How are we doing? Well, oh, we're doing good. Okay. okay. So certainly we give within, uh, with our church, the Canadian Revenue Agency is our good big brother watching and very helpful most of the time as frustrating as it is sometimes, because there's a lot of safeguards in place that help us from extorting money or laundering money or stealing money or any of those things. A lot of safeguards are in place. That's really helpful. Okay? Now, here's one of the questions I have asked to me all the time. It's a great question. Okay? People say, Okay, Joe, back in early church day, okay, they might have paid taxes. We're not quite sure. In our day, if you look at my, you're working and you look at my uh, net income compared to what it should be, and all this money is taken out for these things, is it different in our day that we don't have to give 10% because back then they didn't have all the taxes taken out? Now, that's a good, legitimate question, okay? I don't know if any of you thought of that, but that's a legitimate question, okay? Because in Canada, rightly or wrongly, and I think most of the time it works to our... We do get a lot of money taken out to put into our health care so that people have access EI, so that you're banking ahead, so that if you are unemployed, that you get stuff to get you through. Disability, helping people, all those things. CPP and all that stuff, everything, okay? Legitimate questions. Here's where I land, okay? I'm so convinced of the tithe in that, that they can take all that out, and I'm still going to try to give 10% and above. But that's where I've landed in my conviction and in my faith level. And okay? all of this, this is what I'd say. I forgot to mention this earlier. Okay? This is the biggest thing. We'll get into it next week. It's a heart issue. So folks, all I ask you today is really study the Word of God, seek God on this conscience, and I just say start somewhere. Okay? Start somewhere. I'm not saying you can all start at 10% today or whatever, but if you're not given anything, start somewhere. Okay, If you're given this month, try it a little bit more. Okay, And that's what we'll come back to. Moving right along. Okay. Kingdom principles. And we'll continue this into next week. Okay. We are under grace, not law. This is so important. Okay. You've got to hear my heart in this. We're under grace. We're under a new kingdom. Okay. In the Old Testament, it was a command. It was a law. you got to give 10%. It was command from the Lord. In the New Testament... They, we're under grace. We're under God's empowering. We're saved by grace. And Jesus said things like this, freely you have received, freely give. You can't earn your salvation. It's a gift. You can't earn being filled to the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. Okay? In our giving, we're, trying not, we're not trying to earn God's approval for us. We're not trying to earn our righteousness. Folks, it's a response from what God has done for us. And God not only, we just sang that song and Boy, it's a, uh, you have to bear with me on this one, okay? Because a lot of teaching, and I understand where it's coming from, says this, Jesus gave it all, all to him I owe. And it's almost this out of guilt. Well, Jesus gave his life for me, so man, I gotta, I gotta do this. And it's, it's not the right, it's close. And you can understand where, what people are trying to say. But folks, it's not out of guilt, okay? You don't give. Because, well, see what Jesus did for me? At least I can do, man. I'm just going to... And it's under guilt and it's this heaviness and it's like this reluctance. That's not what we're talking about. The great thing about the gospel, folks, is Jesus saves us from sin, the power of sin, all that. But he doesn't just redeem us and then say, okay, now go along your way. I saved you from danger. Now you just run along and play. And then he's distant from us. No! (laughs) He puts his spirit within us. He's now our father in heaven we're now sons of the living God we have a relationship with God and he puts a spirit within us and he gives us grace that empowers us that enables us there's a power inside of us that we don't have to give out of guilt actually God's grace compels us that's what makes it fun God puts a new spirit within us he puts a new heart a new perspective that we don't have to give under compulsion we get to give God's given us stuff so I pray, God, give me more money so I can give more money away. It's so much fun. And it blesses you and it honors you. It's not under guilt or compulsion. It's the grace God gives. No wonder these guys shared everything. It was a whole different world to them. We don't have to like, do it under law. We get to do it. And look what God's done for us. And now he empowers us to do the same. That's a whole different mindset than under guilt or under compulsion. That doesn't mean it's not sacrificial. It doesn't mean sometimes I've got to do without because I'm putting money away here and sometimes it hurts. Yes, it does. There's a sacrifice to it. But the joy supersedes anything else. And I would be so bold to say if you're giving out of guilt, don't give. We don't want dead works. Okay, If you do stuff without faith, dead works okay you can do all the good deeds but if you're doing it under guilt and all that okay it's not where it's at you got to hear me folks it's not under compulsion okay not banging over the head to say you got to give and you know look what jesus did for you At least of you you can give a few pennies you know it's that that's not what we're talking about okay we can't earn anything folks it's a response to the grace of god Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. He's filled me with his spirit. Hallelujah. He's put me in a family. Hallelujah. He's given me resources. And we're going to see next week, folks, money is a God, whether we have a lot or whether we have none. It can be a God. So it's not just I'm not, not in the rich. We can all give, even if we're poor. It's a hard issue. And as we're going to see next week, it doesn't really matter how much you give, it's what your heart is in it. It's voluntary, it's not under compulsion. We believe it's local church first. Okay? They laid it at the apostles' feet. We believe, again, just trying to bring it back to what we do today, we believe local church first. And again, I'll just share a little bit of my story. Okay? I grew up just given a little bit out of guilt. Okay? and It wasn't until 1995 a guy named Jack Deere at a conference in St. John spoke on giving, spoke on tithing, and really for the first time I had a framework and understanding from the Word of God. This is biblical. New Testament under grace. A lot of the things I'm sharing today, and I realized I got you know I get to give right, and I was a university student at the time. So as you can tell, there wasn't a lot of money, but sometimes it was a loony or a toonie I think they had loonies and toonies back then, um, and but it was like I'm going to start. I'm just going to start somewhere, and we're going to give the local church. And Angela and I got married. When Angela and I got married in '97, neither one of us had jobs. We had no car, no TV, nothing. Okay. And we're like, do we even tithe like our wedding money that we got? You know, that's the conversation you like. You're like, holy cow, do we do this? And let's like let's get our marriage off on the right foot. Let's give. So we give. And God provide it. And some weeks I mean we made fifty dollars a week some weeks. Okay, and we give five bucks. Okay? And it doesn't seem like well what you know, does five dollars mean anything? Well, it's more a hard issue, isn't it? It doesn't matter how much. And then we start making five hundred. You know what? It was harder to give fifty, even though we had four hundred and fifty you know, you see the... Then we made 5000 It's like, we're going to give 500 <laughs> Well, actually, when we had 50 bucks, we needed that $5 more than we needed the 500 when we were making 5000 But do you see how it's a mind, thing and a heart thing? What? We're going to believe God. Okay? And God provided it. And sometimes He provides not in cash. Okay? People drop off food. Sometimes you get a good deal on something. And I just laugh like that's... God providing, okay, we're, we're needing this, and then all of a sudden, oh, I have a new fridge, it doesn't fit our thing, do you want it for free? Thank you, Lord, we'll receive. <laughs> okay, almost everything we own in our house, we didn't buy. I'm serious, anything we've gotten new, it's been given to us. Again, I'm not bragging about us, I'm just trying to tell you folks, Test, taste and see that the Lord is good, okay, and he works in the most weird, in miraculous ways, and you get stuff you'd never even planned for, and we've gone away on vacation, all that stuff, and I don't believe in health and wealth because we do it without expecting any of that. But you can't outgive God! Give, and it will be given to you! We just can't get away from it. We try to run away. Okay, God, really, honestly, this time, you know what? We just want to give without compulsion, and we're not trying to get anything back. We're just going to give, and this one, you know, like, just forget about us for a bit. We just want to give. It always the boomerang always comes back. And our story is, you give to the local church first. And folks, in all honesty, when we had, and Angela was working, we had two jobs, we gave a whole lot more. We gave way above 10%. Now we're on one income again. Okay, we've gone back down again. Do you see grace in it? Do you see grace in there? Okay. We can't give as much as we used to. But God God knows that. At the season, we were able to do it. Now we're in a different season. We're still giving. We're still up there. And then our offerings go above and beyond that. Now let me just check my notes because I'll make sure I was anything else I was going to share on that. Yeah, the only other thing I was going to share is, like I said before, Okay, we try to give above and beyond even all the taxes. So we give off our uh, gross income and that's what we try to do again just being honest with you and all of our offerings are above and beyond that um so when we give to compassion Canada, or we give to anything else it's above and beyond our regular giving so there's a sacrifice in it you got to be wise and you got to have faith okay but there's a consistency to it and we give a lot that again no one knows and that's great and people give a lot to us But you've got to be convinced from God. You've got to believe God at His word. OK? You're all in different places. I understand financial strain. OK? Hear me today, don't go in debt to give. OK, I don't believe, get out of debt, and then you can give some more. Start somewhere, start with one percent. Again, the amount isn't so much. It's are you convinced by God? We believe, give to the local church first, and we're going to get into we'll transition into that, and then we'll finish up for today. For the meeting place here, we ask people, if you're committed here, we ask you to give regularly here at the local church first. Okay? We're unashamed of that. We believe this is the primary way God's going to extend his kingdom for you as a Christian if you're committed to a local church. We ask you to give here first. And as you see at our annual meeting and everything, you know where every penny goes. Okay, So we have the budget that you have for the year coming, and then we give reports, and you know where every cent go. So everything's transparent, above board, everything. So there's nothing hidden. Okay, that's our regular giving. And again, you can get envelope, you can get tax receipts for that. That's We live in Canada, we're allowed to do that. So everything's above board. We do different offerings, different times. So we've had things happen with disasters and that, that we've given money to above and beyond our regular giving. We've had, just like we're going to talk about in a minute, we have gift days a couple of times a year that go above and beyond our regular giving that are for specific things. We have all kinds of offerings that you don't get tax receipts for. We actually give sometimes at Christmas for things we've given to Vanang and her church back in Vietnam. You know, we've done things in England. Sorry, folks, we can't all the legal things. We can't give you a tax receipt. Give and thankfully all of you give generously, so it's not about the tax receipt. And we try to practice the tenth ourselves. So we try to give away ten percent of everything that comes in to the meeting place, we try to give away outside of our church. Okay? So we try to, even in our church life, do that. And I have it here from our annual report. So last year, um, the stuff that we gave away, at least from the storehouse, the 10% that came in, was $28,886.58. So just under $29,000 we gave away last year to all kinds of things all around the world. Different Christian churches, relief agencies for things that have happened, all kinds of things. You can see the list, Green Hill Lake Camp, like all over the place. Okay, so we're trying to, again, preach what we practice and practice what we preach, and it's a joy to give, to be able to do that. Okay, and then our last thing, here we are, and we're getting ready for our gift days, and again, usually a couple times a year, We take up what we call gift days here at the Meeting Place, and it's extra giving above and beyond our regular giving. And our theme for this time, as we try to have a focus for it, is two main things. One is we've got Don and Stephanie Smith coming uh, to be with us for September, October, November, December. And as we keep saying, you know what, folks, our church is growing, and needs are growing, and expansions everywhere, and we need more resources, so... As we've seen, we've, you know, we've brought April, do it on one day a week to help pastoral care primarily with women. We've got John started this week, Calhoun, to work with us 17 weeks this summer, three days a week, to help learn from me and to help get things in worship and all kinds of different areas. <laughs> we went over his job description this week, eh? Yeah. <laughs> He'll be busy. Okay, we've got Gord coming on at the end of June for nine weeks to help with our kids, with our youth, all of that, both for the summer, but also getting everything ready for next year, we're just trying to keep up with everything. So we've got an opportunity for Don and Stephanie. You know, Don's 70 now and uh, been leading churches for like 40 years. A wealth, him and Stephanie, a wealth of experience to be able to come. They're going to help some of the pastoral care, help in training others, help in train leaders as we look at church planning, all those things. A great opportunity. But folks, we need money to help with all those things. Okay, we want to provide a place for them to stay. We want to give them an honorarium. There's a lot of, things we have to do that requires finances that we don't have in our regular budget. And the second thing we want to give to is we're starting this kind of whole new fund, for lack of a better term, I won't even give it a name, so I don't get in trouble that it has to be designated to whatever I say it is. Man, there's so many technicalities. (laughs) We have this nebulous thing over here that we want to give to that we'll have to come up with a proper name so that we do everything according to Revenue Canada. Basically, we want to money into as we look at church planning that we need money up front to get things started and so as you were here last month with reese and sarah being here going to vancouver this autumn we want to help them okay there's so many needs there's so many legal things you need up front if you're going to be incorporated you get we need lawyer's fees there's so many things that you think well isn't really important they're all important folks okay it's really important there's transportation costs and then there's here we want to start stuff here as we're looking towards halifax okay we need money. Up front, we got, that's some of the stuff John's doing and Gord's going to be doing this summer is looking at researching things. And we, we want to start now so that when we go, we're all of a sudden, all, oh, we didn't prepare very well. No, part of preparation is we need money that we know to rent things, just like we're doing here. Okay? We go to Halifax, there's things we're going to need to do. We're going to have rental costs. We're going to have relocation costs. We're going to have to get things established. And we want to start now. Believing it puts another stake in the ground that we're actually doing this, folks. God's called us to, and we're doing it, and we're being proactive, we're taking God at His word, and we're putting our money where our mouth is. Okay? So, big vision. And, folks, this is how you've got to break it down. And I'm not trying to manipulate you, I'm just saying this helps me. It really does. Because sometimes you can think, well, those are, it's all about people, folks. It's God, people. So, I think, again, if this church hadn't started, okay. I met with uh, Jamie from Alpha there on Friday, and I was just telling him about all the people who have been saved to Alpha over the years, you know, and I was thinking, Marlee, okay? And look, you know, years later, Ed, Lee, Allison, whole family, okay? Do we believe for a Smith family in Halifax? That helps me break it down. That helps it make it more personal. That helps me to say, man, I'm, I would give to that, okay? I would give to that. I'd give to see Kelly Curtis saved and then Phil many years later. Okay, I would give to that, wouldn't I? Yeah. I would give to that. And that's what we're given to. Again, I'm not trying to manipulate you. Okay, it's just being honest. You got to have a heart connection. I'm not just given to a fund. Okay, that's what we kind of call it. Folks, I'm given to Jesus. Okay, it belongs to him anyways. I'm given to him so that we can sow. We want to sow generously because we want to reap generously i'll be honest okay and as we look at next week paul says you know if you don't sow you're not going to reap okay we want to be great sowers and a lot of that is with our finances and as we're going to see next week jesus said you can't serve both god and money and folks when you give you nail the little g god of mammon right between the eyes every time I'm serious. Because money is a really controlling thing. Okay? Either we have a lot of it and we want to keep it and I want to spend it for this or we have none and that gets us locked in as well. Okay? So when we give, okay, it's, you got to have a kingdom perspective. You've got to understand the context that we're talking about. Okay? Jesus is Lord. It all belongs to him. It's his kingdom. Actually, it's just redeemed to what the original was that we're stewards of what are his creation. Hey, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We get a different perspective. He gives us revelation to understand God's kingdom. Okay? We might come under more persecution. Okay, and it's going to force us. What do I really believe? Okay? We've got to have a kingdom mindset, okay? we we gotta change our mind to say, you know what? We get to give. Okay, and there's principles laid out in the New Testament that we can follow, we can give with joy. We can give sacrificially. And sometimes, folks, the bottom line is, right now I don't have anything to give. That's okay. In this season, you need to receive some, but there'll be another season when you get to give more. And that's okay. Okay, We're not checking. Okay, We don't go through and say, I wonder who gave this week. And I don't go through the books to see who's giving and who isn't giving. Okay, We're accountable to God. Okay, We've got to have a kingdom life perspective. We've got to have a kingdom mindset and we've got to follow kingdom principles. Okay? We get to give to the local church first. We get to do our offerings above and beyond that. Okay? And we as a church are trying to be responsible hearing from God how we do that and you're a part of that. We're accountable to you as well. And as I said, every, every dime is accounted for that you can go through and you can look.